0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. That's James Holzhauer. He's one of the biggest winners in Jeopardy! history. I think he won like, something like $3 million or something. And he was noted for going all in in the daily level, betting everything that he had on his knowledge of the outcome in that particular category. I wonder what it takes for the church and its people in seats like this on Sundays all across this city and all across America to realize and make a declaration to the Lord and to each other, we're all in regardless of what, it, what that looks like and what its demands are on me, how sacrificial it causes me to live. Uh, we're going to look at that this, this month, and initially in the story of little Zac, This is Zacchaeus. Turn to uh, Luke chapter 19, if you will, look at verses 1 through 10, and see how, what he already brought to the table in terms of his being all in and what he learned from that encounter and experience with Jesus. So Luke 19, verses 1 to 10, follow along with me. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because that, uh, this, this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. First thing I want to glean today from this text is that Zacchaeus already had an all-in lifestyle. He already had brought, brought an all-in lifestyle to the table. Look at verses one and two again. With me it says, "Jesus entered Jericho, passing through, and a man there. My name is Zacchaeus. Watch this. Was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, as a chief tax collector, he had probably six or eight other tax collectors under him, as much like multi-level marketing is in our day, where." when they would collect taxes from the people, they'd bring them to him. He would dole out to them what they could keep, keep for himself what he he wanted and put the rest in the government's coffers. So he had several collectors collecting for him in addition to how he collected taxes on his own as a chief tax collector. Now, in his profession, he was an all-in person. He was invested, as we can see here. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Now, he was all-in as a sinner He was all in as a cheat. He was all in as a thief, but he was still all in nonetheless. regardless of what that looked like for him. He was wealthy. Uh, There was evidence of his being all in, and his wealth was the evidence of it. He likely had little man syndrome, and and consequently was probably an overachiever because of that. Uh, In fact, it's difficult to live an all-in life for Christ when we're sold out to anything or anyone else. He was sold out to to money in, in that day and time, and and so he brought that all-in lifestyle already to the table. That's about to change, as we saw here just a moment ago, but that's what he brought to the table. And Jesus knew, knew this in advance already about Zacchaeus before he ever arrived at Jericho. And in fact, was likely the reason he went there in the first place. Look with me, if you will, at Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9, verse 10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, For in the grave where you're going, there's neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. I wonder if there's anything today you already bring to the table you're all in about. If you're wondering what that might be, I would encourage you to look at your bank statement, look at your calendar. Those things are probably the the places you go and the things you do and the places where your money lands. Are likely the places where you're all in. Uh, if, if you're looking for indicators, start there, as as you can determine that on your own. Now, he had an all-in lifestyle. Secondly, Zacchaeus already had a tenacious attitude. He already had a tenacious attitude. Look at three, and four. It says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Ran ahead, climbed a tree. Now, first. This was beneath the actions of a rich man to climb a tree. Rich people paid people to climb trees for them. They didn't climb trees on their own. Paid to have that done. So then on top of that, there's this obvious problem of his height. So he's uh, here at a sycamore tree and a sycamore tree is, if you can picture a modern day birch tree, they grow to be good sized trees and even the lower limbs are good ways off the ground and the bark is slick and oftentimes peels off. It was his challenge of how do I get above where I can see Jesus. So he had to think outside the box a little bit, perhaps with some rope or a box of some kind. I doubt he asked for a boost. I mean, by because he was a hated man. And I doubt anybody would have given him a boost up in the tree, so he had to get creative about how he got there. But he was determined. He was tenacious in his desire to see Jesus. And he wasn't going to let a vertical challenge stand in his way. I wonder how easily it is for us to get derailed in our walk. I wonder how easy it is for us to get deterred in our spiritual walk. Ask another way. How convenient does it have to be for the Lord or the church to make it for you to follow him and walk with him? How convenient does it have to be? Or I guess the other side of that coin is how hard does it have to be before you will give in and give up? Uh, it's, it's it's this tenacious all in attitude that he had of boldness uh, uh, In essence, Zacchaeus found himself not caring what anybody thought about it. He he got up in the tree on his own and and wanted to see Jesus. And it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for him. He knew that and had to do whatever it took to get there. And uh, was, as I said, had a tenacious attitude. Already brought that to the table. Now, those are things he already brought to the table. Let's look at what happened as a result of Jesus showing up. Third thing I want to see is that Zacchaeus didn't suffer from the paralysis of analysis. He didn't suffer from the paralysis of analysis. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm going stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. So he came down at once, the scripture says, and he welcomed him gladly. You know, Zacchaeus didn't ask, "Are you talking to me?" Which would have been would have been a rare occurrence for anybody as a as a normal Jew to talk to a tax collector. That just wasn't done. Uh, so, he's but he doesn't ask. He's not surprised. He's is looking up at him, and talking to him. He had hoped and planned and prepared just to be able to see Jesus, and so for Jesus to acknowledge him, call him by name, have an encounter with him, more or less. Uh, he certainly wasn't going to analyze or question the opportunity. I wonder how positioned we are, how well positioned or ill positioned we are to hear his voice and respond to his invitation to us. Uh Are you to where you can see him? Are you to where you can hear him? Are you to where you can see him in the circumstance, in the situation, in in a position to hear the voice of his spirit and the voice of his word speaking to us, perhaps in tandem with each other? I wonder how how well positioned we are. Hebrews 3, 7 says this, so as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I wish I had a nickel for every time people ask me over the years, Tim, how can I understand and, and know that it's the Spirit's voice speaking to me? Perhaps in search of God's will and his plan and purpose for my life, how can I recognize and know and recognize the Spirit's voice on a consistent basis? And we have to, first of all, be in position to do that, meaning I've got to simplify my life and get ready. Right, get away from some of the clutter that gets in the way, the mundaneness, the busyness, sometimes even religious busyness at church, to get away from that and get get in a quiet place where I can hear his voice speak to me uh, more clearly. And that oftentimes means having to say no to this thing, that thing, maybe good things, just not our thing. And hearing his voice sometimes is contingent upon that. Um, I wonder when the Lord opens a door, perhaps as a result of something we've been praying about for a long time, and the Lord opens a door and we can't even see it. Or we see it, we got to get a tape and measure it, and see if it's the right size door, if it's a good fit for us, if it's something we have to get 12 opinions about first before we step into it. And there, there are doors of opportunity that Christ opens up for us of all kinds. I was thinking about this the other day. Sometimes for me, it's just been a doorway. I don't have to open a door. I don't got to look what's on the other side. I can see it, and it's easy to walk to it. It takes no effort whatsoever. Sometimes it's a swinging door. I got to at least go up to it and push open to see what's on the other side. I got to put forth some effort. And sometimes it's a, it's a door with a, with a handle on, a doorknob, where actually I got to tactfully reach, turn, push, and step in to see what's on the other side. There are varying, varying requirements of effort on our part. Sometimes depending on the circumstances, situation, how deeply the Lord's trying to get our attention and teach us something. Sometimes it's just a matter of walking and taking the first step and getting through the door. Now, many of us we pray and pray and pray and then there's a door opening up and we're so intimidated. We've got to get 12 opinions on it first and figure out, okay, is this the right door for me? Is this a good fit? What should I do? How should I respond to this? Or uh, ask somebody else, what just happened? We need some perspective. Yes, that was was God. Go, step through. Uh, Sometimes we suffer, all of us do, many of us do, from the paralysis of analysis. Zacchaeus didn't. He got down immediately and responded when, when Jesus spoke to him. Zacchaeus already had an all in lifestyle, he had a tenacious attitude, and didn't suffer from the paralysis of analysis. But finally, Zacchaeus had immediate and unconditional repentance. Immediate and unconditional repentance. Look at verses 8 to 10. It says, But Zacchaeus stood up, said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Look, Lord, right here, right now. Here's the evidence. I'm not waiting on more confirmation. I'm not waiting on more resources. I'm turning away from where I used to be and selling out to to you, what you've called me to do. He says, "Here's the evidence, verse verse eight. The evidence of here's the evidence of it. I'm I'm giving half my possessions to the poor. Whatever I've cheated anybody out of, I'm going to pay it back fourfold." Saying that this is not just lip service for me; it's going to be a lifestyle change for me. And I wonder how many of us think that. Repentance only applies to conversion. Well, Scripture doesn't teach that. Scripture teaches that repentance is a lifestyle change for the believer, that it's not just a one-time deal, that we step into it daily, 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 and the day, and the day next, and the next day, because it's a lifestyle of turning away from what I want and following after what he has for me. Now, it's fairly easy for us to make a 90-degree a turn, most of us, because we, we can see here's my way, here's God's way, let me step somewhere in the middle. But to make a 180 turn, I'm walking away from me totally and stepping into what God's will and plan and, and desire and purpose for my life is. That's, that's daily repentance on our part, to, to die to self and to walk in God's plan and purpose and design for me. Uh, it's, it, it, repentance is not a one-time thing. Listen to Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24. It says this, you were taught With regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful uh, deceitful desires, to be made new. Watch this in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In Romans seven, Paul shares his 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 daily struggle with, with himself and his humanity and his flesh. And 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 deity, the deity and spirituality inside of him. He says, "Wretched man that I am, who will separate me from from this lifestyle?" He says. He says in that passage, "The very thing I want to do, I don't do, and the very thing I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing." He says. Here's this flesh and the, the fleshly man and the spiritual man doing this struggle, and and each of us face that struggle every day between what I want and what God wants from me, between this attitude of repentance of, denying myself uh, uh, this ongoing death in, in my life and require, that being required to live an all-in life for him. Uh, it's a struggle and we get it, but that's a daily, daily deal of, of repentance. It's not just a one-time thing. It's salvation. Two questions as we wrap. Simple questions. First is this. What stands in the way of your being all in for him. What stands in the way? Is it a job? Is it a hobby of yours? Is it toys that you have? Is it, is it an addiction of some kind? Is it a relationship, perhaps? Is it your sense of self-image of you're not willing, be, being willing to bow to someone else, to put someone else in charge? What stands in the way of your being all in because that's relative to the second question, that's this: Is it worth a compromise? Is it worth the compromise we have to make to straddle the fence to say, I want to walk with God. I want, to, I want to be a kingdom person, do kingdom things, think kingdom thoughts, live a kingdom life. But here I am finding myself straddled between the culture and the kingdom. That's an uncomfortable place to straddle, whether we're straddling between fear and faith or whether we're straddling between pressure and peace. Uh, it's a hard straddle to make. It's a hard compromise to make to say, Yes, I want to walk with the Lord. I, don't, I want to understand his purpose and will for my life. I want to see it and walk in it and have victory in it. But I want what I want to. <laughs> and that's the hardest thing for me to let go is what I want. But to get there, I gotta let go of here. To get what he wants for me, I gotta let go of what I want for me. And I get that I get how hard that ask is because I'm I'm human as well. And and um an all in attitude and all in lifestyle and all in form of being and thinking and walking and living is uh, it's transformational in a believer's life it's not something that we can just visit occasionally it's, it's it has to be transformational in the sense that we adopt it and embrace it as a lifestyle and not just see it as a concept yeah it's great I'd like to get there someday if I want to see who, who God really is I won't have to be all in with him otherwise I get a glimpse here and there maybe a church Maybe maybe in in his spirit speaking to me throughout the week or through some circumstance at work or through a friend. I'll see his hand sometimes from time to time. But I can know that. I can can see that every day and know God's plan and purpose and will for my life if I'm willing to sell out and die to who I am and walk to who he is. It's a little hard sometimes, doesn't it? It's going to get better as we go this study. Let's pray. Father, would you give us the courage of, of Zacchaeus today who would see no boundaries, only opportunities, who would see no pitfalls, who would be willing to swallow pride and become what he is not and has never been in order to become who he could never be apart from Christ. Would you help us today to understand the the, the um, the challenges that each of us face in a culture that wants to keep us mundane, comfortable, satisfied, quiet, unabated, and walk away from that to a a God who calls us to something that in this culture looks radical, something that in this culture is uh, seemingly sometimes even harsh. Truth is that way sometimes. Sometimes. And when you call us to walk away from us, away from convenience, away from the desires of our own heart, and walk toward your desires for us, there's a cost. And we see the cost. Those costs are running through our mind even right now as we pray. But there are costs that make the, the sense of eternity different, not just for us, but for those around us. Perhaps family that don't know you. Perhaps someone at work that don't know you as Savior. Perhaps a neighbor, a friend, someone we see regularly, their eternity may hang in the balance of our all in lifestyle. So, would you help us see the value in laying down what really doesn't matter in the first place? What's really probably going to burn up in the end anyway, and declaring ourselves to be all in. And there being evidence of it like there was in Zacchaeus' life. Here's all that I want to get. I, I don't care about wealth anymore. I don't care about status anymore. I don't care about my job anymore. All I care about is wanting you above all of that. So take us to a willing place where we're willing to repent and lay down all we have to receive all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.